and I think we're ready to go. So um, thank you, uh, Elizabeth, for uh, you know showing up here and uh, being willing to talk a little bit about Instagram for um, book authors because I think, like me, most of them really don't know how to use uh, Instagram. It, period, probably. Other upload images, some things like that. But how do you build an audience? And then how do you uh, promote specifically books? Yeah, so that, those are really, really great questions. And um, fortunately, they're actually sort of similar um, because I found that when people try to make a one-size-fits-all strategy for anything on social media, it doesn't work. And authors often at least in my experience, get a little bit overwhelmed because their stories, a lot of times, especially if they're fiction authors, are so individualized and so personal to them. They're like, well, none of this works for me. But the one the one size fits all doesn't work for anybody. So it's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's, it's got a little bit more nuance. So as far as getting an audience, developing an audience, um, when we were speaking a little bit before we went live, you, you mentioned that you have a brand. And that is that is the essence of beginning to create an organic audience online. Um, if you don't know what you write and what you stand for, you're going to have a very, very hard time translating that to anyone else. Um, so typically when I get started with people, I, t I say like, well, what is your book about? What is the crux of it? If you had to give it to me in two sentences, what? And then once people get there now, okay, what are you about? What, what makes you what brings your unique perspective into this? And then we can kind of start to craft a brand. And it doesn't have to be, like a lot of the times people focus in on color scheme and fonts and the, the super tangible elements of branding and they matter. But if you skip that first part, they're not really gonna help you that much. Um, and so that's that's kind of the beginning of where you do an audience. And then of like building an audience is creating like a brand that people can actually latch on to, relate to, um, and care about. <laughs> um, it seems to me that um, some of the people that seem to be the most successful are people that actually, you know, create a real per person on uh, Instagram. They're not just a, you know, I'm, I got a book to sell. I got a book to sell. Uh, mm -hmm. They actually share pieces of their life and, actually get people involved. Is, is that a good strategy? Yes. So the whole, this exists, please buy it era of marketing is gone. Um, that, that we don't, we don't want that anymore. Um, <laughs> people want someone to connect to. And so I was, I was speaking about this earlier actually. And the, the person I was talking to was like, okay, but I don't want to be that out there. That, that feels weird to be like, this is myself, this is my personal, like, and I don't wanna, and that's fair. Um, you don't have to put out more than you want to, you just need to put out enough to seem human. So one of the, my favorite things that I've seen in the writing community recently is authors, when they're working on their works in progress, they're sharing the pain points of working on a work in progress. So it's <laughs> not like I'm having this horrible, personal fight or emotional breakdown or whatever it's have you ever had a character that just won't cooperate um <laughs> you know so it's, it's just it you don't have to get that deep you just need to admit that like it's really it's a it's a it's a step away from perfection um is what people are kind of clinging to in a lot of ways 
I um, like that idea of a step away from perfection. It, uh, I think too often uh, people try to be too perfect online and you, you don't become a real person that way. It sounds like you might be a book author. You seem to understand the pain <laughs> of a book author. Is that true? Oh, it's, it's, it's. Are you working one one? It's or? so close to true. It's so close to true. Um, yeah, I've, um, I've been, so I've been an avid reader since like words made words on, on the screen. And you like, since I could read, I have read everything. And um, I've not as naturally extends from that. I started writing when I was pretty young too. And I'm hoping, hoping to get something actually published before I turn 26. I'm 24 now. That's an arbitrary number, but it's one I picked when I was a kid. So I'm hoping to still check that off. Do, do uh, you want to be published by a larger publisher or self-publish or does not matter? If I got an, uh, like if a query, I'm not going to go and pitch. Um, I guess that's what I should say. If I, uh, if I got someone that was interested in it and just so happened to work like that, which is like, you know, never going to happen. But if something like that were to happen, then I would consider it. But I mean, you even see big names stepping away from traditional publishing at this point. Right. Um, like the, the thing is that social media marketing, not just Instagram, but social media marketing in its entirety has opened up the world for independently self-published authors to make just as big of a swing as traditionally published authors if you do it right, because you build your reputation online. You don't have to have somebody else say, this person is good. You can be like, I'm good. Here's proof. <laughs> I think proof is good. Uh, what kind of book are you working on? Is it fiction or nonfiction? Or? It's, it's fiction, and it's basically me um, – through a dystopian sort of era because you know i did grow up reading like the divergent series and a little bit of harry potter and a little bit of the hunger games and all of that but okay it, it's very much a critique of our education system actually um so it's fiction <laughs> but it's like what at, you, at can you can critique it <laughs> yeah just a little bit just i just have a couple comments um <laughs> <laughs> well actually that can be you know Obviously, if you want to play off a of Divergent or Hunger Games or something like that, you know, that audience is still there. I think it's still a large audience. Absolutely. I mean, it's what, five years or so after the expiration date in some ways. But I think the audience is still there. Certainly the audience for Harry Potter is still there. Uh, and so I have a Ravenclaw mug right here that I'm using to drink coffee. Okay. <laughs> So have you started to build your audience uh, for your critique, uh, for your fiction? Oh, goodness. Sort of. So I haven't really made, um, I don't make it a big part of my personal brand that I'm a writer at this point. And part right. of that is because I do so many other things and I don't want to muddle the clarity of my brand. So. Okay. Not only am I a social media strategist who focuses on creating um, basically Instagram plans for authors, but I also, I'm an artist um, okay. and I'm a mental health and feminist advocate. Okay. And I'm writing a book. So it's like um, the book thing is so far out right now. I definitely believe that people need to be, if they're on social media and they're using that as their primary marketing platform, that they need to be building it before it's released. 
but I haven't even sent it to a developmental editor yet. So I'm kind of, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like it, I, I will get there. I did create a bookstagram account just for fun recently. Okay. Um, and that's been really good. And that'll probably be where I launched that. Okay. That sounds great. Um, so for most book authors, as you said, and, and I would say, you have to start developing an audience before your book is released. Mm -hmm. And I presume some of that is sharing something about you and your pain of writing, you know, or success of writing, what you like about it, what you love about it. I think if you share insights on writing, there'll be a big audience there, people that would like to know your process and what you go through and things like that. But how do you share that on Instagram as an image? Well, I think we need to take a step away from the concept that Instagram is just an image sharing platform okay. um, because it's very, it's very confining. Um, one, I, I, you have probably heard about Instagram reels. Um, yes. Yes. So um, one of the neat things about them is that they're not just pointing, dancing, lip syncing weirdness. You can also just set up your phone camera and share information. And that's, I think, one of my favorite new things that Instagram is doing because we've never had more of an education-based um, social economy, right? Like we love to learn things. Getting pushed into lockdown by the pandemic and, and getting a lot more time on our screens than could ever be healthy probably made us want to learn more. And that's like why we saw the rise of short form video we were already seeing it, but it like spiked up when we got bored and the people that did really <laughs> well were the ones that were teaching information in a way that wasn't boring. Okay. I, I teach a course on how to market on Pinterest and oh. I've always loved Pinterest uh, because the people there want to learn. Mm -hmm. And I have found that the most effective pins are ones where you're sharing information and I guess, you know, share your life also. I think both are important. Um, but I think, uh, is Instagram very similar in that way? It is now. So it didn't used to be. Um, okay. Instagram used to be a lot about the curated photos and the look and, the, the, and all of that. But it has basically, with the rise of TikTok, it has taken a turn towards informality and okay. towards education, okay. which is really nice. I, I do better with that than I do with the aesthetic first stuff for sure. <laughs> so have you done a dancing video yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm awful at it. Um, <laughs> I'm just atrocious. Um, well, I think those are the ones that go viral. <laughs> my, my viral video, I've had one that got 1.7 million clicks. Um, and it was, a thing that I threw out there that I didn't think anything of nothing happened for like three weeks. And then I woke up one day and my phone had basically jumped across the room with notifications. <laughs> um, and it didn't do me one lick of good either. Um, so that, that's the thing. A lot of people it, are like, it, it probably didn't address your audience. Is that correct? Or yeah, it didn't. It, it was just something that I put out there to put out that it was about, um, I, I was slamming body shamers was okay. what I was doing, which okay. is a hot button issue. And yeah. it, um, it came, they, 
it got shared somewhere that what, what happened is it got shared to some popular account stories most likely and right. then their fan base just attacked um but the algorithm the instagram algorithms they do not differentiate between negative feedback and positive feedback <laughs> and so all of their comments were just like oh people like this we're gonna play it to everyone else we're gonna play it to more people like the people who are commenting on this and so it just turned into this really horrible cesspool of um not very nice people but um it ended up okay like it ended up with um a bunch of people being like no she's right what are you talking about um but it took a while for it to make its rounds back into the general public um okay was that on instagram (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah okay and so i guess videos can go viral on instagram have you had any just a post of an image that went viral or no um did you get that many signups from the video no. <laughs> no, no, but I have gotten lots of signups and sales from videos that have less than 2000 plays right. because they were more targeted to my audience. So they weren't, they didn't have as broad of an appeal and they weren't me being particularly controversial. So they didn't like spark all of that extra engagement. But I I've actually found that most of my highest converting pieces of content to sales for me have been the stuff that if you were to scroll through my feed, you'd be like, Oh, that tanked. It didn't. They just didn't like it. They went to my website. <laughs> How do you get people to go from a post or a video to your website? How do you do that on Instagram? I know on Pinterest, every pin has, has a link back to a page on your website. Does Instagram have any kind of feature like that? Um, Not really, no. So um, in your Instagram stories, you can add a link now. Everybody can. You don't have to have the 10,000 followers to swipe up. That that got We got rid of that last year. Okay. Um, but what you you just have to say link in bio or check, out, check this out at the link in my bio. And when you set up your profile, you want to make sure that that last line is a call to action that tells people what they're going to find at that bio. So you don't lose them when they go link in bio. Oh, okay. And they check out your profile and then forget why they're there. You want to make sure that they, that like you go like get this resource or sign up for my newsletter here. And then when they go to the bio, you see like join the newsletter for, you know, all the updates at this link. Now, I think you said LinkedIn bio, you, you're sending them, you would do it um, to your Instagram bio or do, or do you do it to LinkedIn? No, link in bio. So oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. LinkedIn. I was getting confused. <laughs> I didn't think Instagram would want to send anybody to LinkedIn. LinkedIn. No. So, okay. No, 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 no. But um, the, the the common phrase people use under their post is link in bio. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I figured that that's sort of what you had to do. It's a little bit harder than to you're sending people to a generic page because you don't have multiple um, places where you can send them. Like on Pinterest, every pin can go to a specific page. So So, you can, you can really target people uh, a little bit more. Maybe is that true or not? So yes, it's true, but there is a workaround. All right. Um, that's what i want the secret (laughs) so when you have your um when you have your link in your bio you can open it up to a link tree 
So you can have multiple different links. So instead of it just being like, you can go to my website or you can buy my book, you can okay. have buy my book, join my newsletter, go to my website. And they're all buttons. The trick is to use action words so that people don't just like stare at a bunch of options. They know which action they're trying to take. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's easy to set up. I, I haven't done that yet uh, since so I just rejoined uh, <laughs> Instagram. So Linktree is the is a free one that's super easy to use. There are a couple other options depending on how decorative and branded you want to be with everything. Um, I use a very basic link tree at this point. Um, again, aesthetics is not really my calling card, so I don't worry. Now, about is, it, is that outside of Instagram or? Yeah. Okay. So, you, yeah, but it's, it's super simple. It's literally, it's you type in link tree into Google and it'll be the first thing that pops up and you create an account and you would want to do like, um, your, your username would be book marketing success, kind of like how you get the, what, everything else set up. And then, um, when people click on that, it'll open into an internet browser, like it would if you were clicking on a link, except for you can present them with several different options. Um, as far as like what they want to do, I wouldn't add more than three to four links at a time so that you don't lose people in the confusion of like, well, what am I supposed to do right now? But, but you can change those links then. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I rotate them out. Like I usually keep my newest blog post, um, my most booked consulting session, and then my general website are always active. And then depending on like what freebie I'm offering or whatever, that'll also be there. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That sounds great. So you Google linked, no, linked link tree. So yeah, okay. just because it just, it trees out. <laughs> yeah okay uh that sounds great uh, that's a insider secret i didn't know about um now i i've heard that the that there's a hashtag are hashtags used much in instagram i thought they were uh I, they used to be i know really hot i'm i know i i would see instagram posts with like 30 or 40 <laughs> hashtags and i'm going i think that's too much but uh, is there a strategy for using using hashtags? So absolutely. Um, and this is actually something that has just recently changed. So I'm going to back up and then I'm going to answer your question. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Instagram has sort of shifted from hashtags being the main way you look things up to operating more like a search engine. So words like SEO, I don't know how familiar um, everybody is with that, but um, that's more important than hashtag specifically now. That did not used to be the case, but as of us talking right now, that is that is what's that's what's up. So hashtags are still great because they index content and make it easier for them to understand for the algorithm to understand who wants to see your content and where your content is relevant. But it will no longer push out content that is not already performing well. Um, so yeah, it, it's like, um, so hashtag bookstagram is a huge hashtag. And for most smaller audiences, like people with smaller audiences, there's no way you're going to rank under that. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but it's fine because you can use um, things like hashtag fantasy bookstagram. You know, like, so if you're a fantasy author or if you're posting a book about, about fantasy, you just want to kind of um get more specific 
because the more specific you are, the more likely it is that your content will be placed in front of people who are searching for you and who actually want to see your stuff. Okay, so something like romance bookstagram or business books bookstagram or something like that. But then what you said that they're the new thing is that they're actually looking for keywords. Basically, so you want to use your hashtags as if they're keywords. Okay. And then um, pay attention like in your bio and in your copy. Now, not to the point that you don't post. It's more important that you put content out there than it is that you have all of these boxes ticked before you start <laughs> because there is no way to tick all of these boxes before you've done it several times. It's just, it's, it's too much to ask some, it's too much of a learning curve. It's better to see, oh, well, this works for me. So let me keep doing this thing. Now let's add in, how can I make it a little bit better rather than, Here's your 105 point checklist on a <laughs> on a post, right? Are there things that are there mistakes you can make that you'd have to worry about, or can you make mistakes when you're starting out with Instagram and you know you post something, you know, it doesn't work, but it doesn't hurt you either. Uh, Absolutely. So the only time that you're really gonna get penalized by Instagram is if you do something that violates its community guidelines. You can't post about COVID. You can post about COVID. What <laughs> they do is they um, put a banner that directs you to the CDC's website under your post, whether you want them to or not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they, they've kind of worked around that one just a little bit. Like if you even mentioned like what I said earlier and I was like, you know, COVID made us like all kind of like bury into our phones and self-reflect and like all of that. Because right. I mentioned COVID, they would put a banner under. It's like, if you want to know more about COVID and vaccination, please go to the CDC's website. So they're, right. they're, that, that's how they're handling that. But more like, um, you know, nothing racist, nothing, um, nothing. Well, just, you have to be kind. Yeah, which is just a good general rule of thumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For social media, it seems like it makes sense that you should be kind. And they also, there's a feature on Instagram now where they will tell you if you do violate community guidelines, they will tell you what you did and on what post you did it. So it's not uh, something But that's only after you've done the post and then you find out what mistake you made. Well, they don't delete your account though. They delete the post. Right. And your your reach will probably be reduced for like a week or so. Just don't do it over and over and over again. Okay. Um, uh, can you edit, uh, go back and edit uh, a post? The, so, <laughs> so, so, sort of. You can edit your <laughs> captions. Um, you can edit the captions of your posts, but you can't edit the visual. Um, right. Unless you're talking about carousels, which is the multi-photo... Right. Um, post, you can remove some of those slides. Do the multi-photo uh, posts work at all? Are they useful to do? Absolutely. Um, so one unique characteristic of the multi-photo post is that if your um, audience does not, if your viewer does not interact with it the first time it goes through your feed, through, through their feed, the second time it goes through their feed, it'll show the second slide of that post. So they think they're seeing new content and it increases okay. the likelihood that they'll engage. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that they would end up seeing multiple images from that carousel. Now, does a static image work better than video or is video hotter 
I mean, at one point, uh, Pinterest was uh, focusing on video and, and highlighting it, but now they seem to be going back to the static image kind of thing. Um, it, do you, is there something on Instagram like that in terms of what works best or so it may depend on your audience? It does depend on your audience, but if you looked at it in broad strokes, which I always say do, but then test, um, it's that short form video has the highest chance of virality. So you are more likely to get in front of more eyeballs with short form video if you do it consistently over time. That's just, it's more likely to happen. Um, and the engagement rate on reels is just higher than everything else. Okay. That being said, showing up on the explore feed, not the reels feed, but the explore feed, that's easier to do with a multi-post, uh, multi-photo or a single post because there's only one little spot for reels, whereas there's a bunch of spots for everything else. Okay. Uh, um, so, you, you know, it's, it, it, I tend, I do a healthy mix of both. Um, I try to post three-ish reels a week and I try to put out a single post or a multi-post um, every day but Sunday because I, I need a day off. And um, <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's like how I handle it. Um, and then I do live videos on Fridays, but that's mostly because I'm trying to uh, develop credibility with my, with my audience. So like I have, um, I have specific goals in mind when it comes to each piece of content that I put out um, as well as my overall strategy, which is right. also somewhere that we tend to get, we tend to miss things. Um, even when it comes, like, uh, even when it comes to marketing books, like you want to put out information about you as a writer you want to put information out into your book, but it's not just about that. It's, Certain pieces of content should be designed to attract new people to your page. That's not going to be the sales content. That's not going to be the graphic with your book on it that shows where to where to put that. That is a conversion piece. And your engagement rate on that is likely to be garbage, but that's okay. That's not the point of that post. The point of that post is to get people to go to the link that lets them buy the thing from you. Um, but like putting out reels about yourself, well, that's a little bit more of an attraction tactic to bring people into your page. Um, and then doing book reviews of authors that are similar to yourself, which is one of the things that I think it's dramatic, like drastically underutilized. If you review comparable titles, that's nurturing your community because they will, first of all, see you as a credible source. If you read this and understand this and have the same taste as them, well, maybe they're going to like what you produced. Um, I like that. Uh, with the reels, is the how long is the typical video on uh, Insta Instagram? I know that if you go live, you're probably doing a a longer segment or a longer video. But if you're doing the the reels or shorter videos, how short should they be? Uh, is there a limit like 10 seconds is too short? Uh, <laughs> uh, five minutes is too long, anything like that? So Instagram Reels will not let you shoot a video that's longer than a minute. Okay. Um, so a minute is your limit. Um, I say go as short as you can while being, basically only make a video as long as it absolutely has to be. Um, because what we have the attention span of goldfish or something like that, 
right? So we want to make sure that people don't get distracted. Um, and, and typically like you want to, you don't want to do it the way that you like talk to people. Um, it's like you state a headline because like, I don't walk up to people and go three tips you should know about Instagram, cut a bunch <laughs> of tips about Instagram, but that is how I shoot reels. Um, because people want to know what you're going to talk about before you start talking so that they can decide whether or not they're interested. Okay. So the, the first image in your reel is the headline sort of, and then you start talking. Yeah, and you tend to want to keep things to rel like really simple and short and actionable. So like if you were going right. to share writing tips, you would go a writing tip that I wish I knew before I got started. And then you would share the writing tip and then you would say like follow for more or something like that. And then the next time you wanted to shoot a video, you'd go a writing tip I wish I knew I before I got started part 2. And then you go <laughs> and okay. it really is that like straightforward. And then the live videos, that's sort of like Facebook Live or? It's it's similar, yeah. Um, Instagram Lives are a lot more informal than Facebook Lives, lives okay. in general. All right. And that can be, well, you probably still don't want to go too long. So uh, the trick with Lives is you want to go long enough for your audience to join you. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> But you don't want to go so long that nobody ever watches the replay. Right. Um, so typically, the way that I structure mine is I will bring on a guest because when you bring on a guest, it um, brings their audience too. Um, <laughs> and then I, I will do my live and I shoot for 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. An hour is the cap. You can't like it will shut you down in an hour. I think that's different for verified accounts, but I'm not really sure. Um, okay. But it shuts you down in an hour. But typically, like, I will put all of the most action-packed, like, stuff that I need you to hear in order to believe that I am a credible source at the front part. And then the more get-to-know-me stuff is at the end so that people who are watching it, they don't actually have to sit down and watch a – 45 minute video on their phone, they can get the information they need in the first 15 minutes. And then if they want to know what I'm currently reading, then they're more than welcome to stick around. <laughs> That's part of what you share in a live is what did you, what are you currently reading? Um, like I'll talk, I, I talk to my guests. And so um, typically, so typically speaking, one of my guests has been a fantasy author. And one of the things that I needed to do for her uh, because she didn't get around to it, was reading comparable titles. So we actually know how to market the book. Um, because if you don't know what your book's like, then it's really hard to tell readers why they should like it. Um, <laughs> and so I basically read, oh my God, I've read like six or seven like full fantasy books this year already, uh, which is a lot of reading. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about them, like the, the elements that I think are similar to her storyline. So it kind of serves as a dual promotion sort of thing, obviously. Right. Um, but also, um, I like talking about my books and nobody else in my life has read them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so how would people reach out to you? Uh, how would they find you? I know you're, I like your wildflower social media. Uh, I, that's just because I like wildflowers. I like any kind of flower. Uh, <laughs> but uh, where would they reach out to you? 
Um, so you can find me at Wildflower Social on all social media platforms. Just take away the E. Um, so that that's Wildflower Social. Um, or you can just email you said me. Take away the E. Yeah, the the E is the one with the the handle with the E was already taken by somebody who doesn't post, but you can't really do anything about that. So okay. I mean, you you can, but it's not worth it because half the time it doesn't work. Um, right. Or you can email me at um, liz at wildflowersocialmedia.com. Okay, great. And uh, is there any final points you want to leave people with uh, or, you know, some tip or something about using Instagram or social media that would make a difference? Yeah, so... Other than be kind. Other than be kind, which is really important. It is kind of an extension of what I'm about to say. It's that you can't approach social media wholly self-interested and expect to get results. You need to be willing to give a little bit. Now, not, not miles, not, but like have an interest in your fans, have an interest in your community because that can really be felt. And it's also, it's a lot more fun if you let yourself enjoy it. So um, that, 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 that would be my thing. Um, and if, uh, and if, um, and figure out, I think that the biggest thing that I see authors miss is they forget to ask themselves why they wrote the book in the first place. Um, and I think that that's something that readers and other authors would just enjoy to know. That's interesting. There, there's one thing I uh, back a number of years ago when your main publicity was like TV interviews or radio interviews. The one thing, you know, one question everybody seemed to ask is, why did you write the book? Which I thought was the worst question you could ask. But apparently, in some ways, it's a good question to answer, at least in your uh, social media. Mm hmm. It's, it's a weird one when you're trying to like do an interview or fill out a website or something like that. But when you're on social, when you're making social content, it's, it's one of those places that people can connect to. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just, you know, the more, the more places that you give people to grab onto and see you as another person instead of somebody trying to sell them something, more likely you are to make a sale. Um, so <laughs> Does it work to hold up a cute dog uh, when you're on Instagram? Absolutely. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say you're going to hit the bestsellers list by doing that, but um, people love pets. Yeah. Um, and if you can relate it back to yourself, it's fine. Never post something just because you feel like you have to post it. But if you can relate it back to your, your messaging in some way, shape, form, like my dog is in half my content. Um, I'm actually surprised he hasn't started barking and made an appearance here. Um, <laughs> but that's just because like part of my whole shtick is that I am a book reading dog mama who drinks way too much coffee. Okay. <laughs> I, I get that. And that's, you know, that's a nice sort of connection because I think too, the things that I've seen on, on Pinterest is I love coffee you know, mm -hmm. uh, pens. there's a lot of those, a lot of them with Snoopy in them. Uh, apparently Snoopy likes coffee. And, and then dogs. Uh, my most popular uh, video on Pinterest was a man exercising with his dog. 
and it got like 3 million views. It, it was amazing, uh, but totally unrelated to most of what I do, except that I have a, a core group on Pinterest uh, of people that like fitness because back when I first started off, I did a fitness pin that went viral, it got like 2 million repins. And, uh, you know, so I built up an audience of fitness people. And so I, I'm trying to figure out the book I should write for that audience. Because <laughs> you know? it's not my audience. You know, my audience is authors who want to sell more books. And uh, well, have you, you asked them? What's that? Have you asked your fitness audience what book they would like? I, I, I haven't yet. Then maybe I should. Um, That's one of my favorite things that social media lets us do now is it lets us just go, hey, what do you want from me? <laughs> And that's a good question to ask I guess, <laughs> yeah. as a yeah, way of interacting. Now, who's, who is your typical client? I mean, we, we talked, apparently you have worked with some authors. Mm -hmm. Do you work with businesses? Do you work with? So although I am not new to my field, I am new to being a business owner, um, which means my client base is a little bit scattered at the moment. I work with businesses and nonprofits, but my favorite and most reoccurring clients are authors. Um, okay. I work with, I've worked on a continual basis for over a year with um, a nonprofit author in the um, health, uh, non-fiction non, non author, sorry, in the health <laughs> space. And um, then uh, again with a, um, a, a fiction author who uh, does epic fantasy. So that those have been my two favorite and it's been completely different approaches too, which has been really, really fun. Right. Um, but yeah. That... Okay. And so again, how do people reach out to you? Um, probably the best way to get me is to email me at Liz at wildflowersocialmedia.com. And they can find out more about you at wildflowersocialmedia.com. Absolutely. Okay. That's great. Thanks a lot, Liz. This has been fantastic i really i've learned a lot yeah. so i hope that my audience learns a lot too and and i think i'm gonna have to do some lives and uh, a few more reels Absolutely. Uh, have you ever done a virginia reel a virginia reel yeah that's a dance oh no <laughs> i no, have I, no I idea i just heard the name so i have no idea what it is but it sounds great I wasn't kidding when I said I can't dance. That, that is not a, I, I have a lot of skills. That's just not one of them. Okay. So uh, <laughs> thank you. This has been John Kramer uh, interviewing and talking with Liz at wildflowersocialmedia.com. And uh, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it.